Spring is here, guys. And for this episode, and welcome to Locked On Marlins, firstly, by the way. But for this episode, we are talking the key spring storylines. What are they for this Marlins team, for this roster? Is the roster yet complete? Well, tons to get into. Tons and tons to get into. There will be at least six storylines that we're going to call out. Myself and the UK GOAT, Sean Barrett. Today is Locked On Marlins. You are Locked On Marlins, your daily podcast on the Miami Marlins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings from England and welcome to Locked On Marlins. It's your daily Marlins pod. I'm your host, of course, Peter Pratt. Hit me up at Miami Marlins underscore UK uh, for those listening to the pod. Firstly, hello. Welcome to Tuesday's episode of Locked on Marlins. Uh, don't forget to hit subscribe and leave a review. Of course, this is your team every day. And thanks for making Locked on Marlins your first listen of the day. Where else would you be? How else could you get your day started? I know the answer. Locked on Marlins is the only way. There is a YouTube channel as well, guys. Make sure you hit subscribe over to there. Also, that is also called Locked on Marlins. It's Tuesday, but the UK GOAT is in the house. Sean Barrett is back, baby. Sean, how are we doing? Yeah, I'm doing well. Pretty right. Spring has officially sprung. The, mm. the weather's improving over here. Yep. We've got games of baseball happening this week. Um, we've got those chaining videos that we all desire. So, yeah, spring is here for sure. Yeah, you, you seem fulfilled. Like, I can feel the spring in your step. Like, we're a couple hundred miles away. Um, nearer than than most people listening to this this podcast anyway, but I can feel it in your voice, mate. I can see it in your eyes that you know you've you've been teased with chain link fences this week, and uh, it's got the juices flowing. I guess you know where does this in your kind of like if you think of like your annual the things that happen, the things you get pumped about, and you know you're a big Dolphins fan as well, like. Where does this week in particular kind of rank for you? Or like out of 10, like how pumped are you at this phase? You know, that kind of first week back to spring, chain link fences, you know, hyperbole kind of really ramping up, I guess. Yeah, I mean, as far as sports go, for me, baseball is obviously number one and it's by and far number one. Mm-hmm. And funnily enough, number two actually starts off this week as well with Formula One testing starting. So oh. this week for me in sports really is, uh, yeah, the, the coup de grace. Yeah, you're alive. Sure, Barrett is alive. Um, to be fair, for those and well, no one else listened to this apart from Alan Witz is in this group chat. But the group chat during the Super Bowl, I would say there were some serious question marks if Sean Barrett was going to make it out alive watching that game. Boy, oh boy, some of the ciders that were uh, that were being consumed were particularly potent. So I'm I'm personally glad to see Sean still here. Um, uh, what was what was the phrase you used? Like the the volume per pound ratio or something in terms of the the strength of those ciders you were on. So good on you, mate. It's great to have you back. Um, This episode is brought to you by our good friends over at FanDuel. And you can make every moment more. New customers join today and you'll get $150 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. All right, guys, and as I've already teased out, this episode is primarily myself and Sean, and this has the potential to be a double episode, a double parter, by the way, but we are going to be digging into and projecting outwards 
the key spring storylines? Like, what are the key storylines for the Marlins? And there may be people that are joining this part, this episode, specifically just for this one topic. They may be trying to work out what the hell's going on with the Marlins this spring. So if you're a, a fan of another team, firstly, hello. Yes, I am a British host of Locked On Marlins. Yes, Sean Barrett equally is sat in England as well. What the hell's going on, Locked On Marlins? Great question. We've both been fans for a long time. But there's tons of storylines to get into. So we're going to try our best to encapsulate all of the, the key ones. Uh, by the way, tick on that box there. Encapsulate was used. That may be the first time I've used that word ever on Locked On Marlins. So tick that one off. So what we're going to do is I'm going to throw it over to Sean firstly. He's going to kick things off here with his kind of key, one of his key storylines. We'll dig into that. And then I'm going to throw one in there. And we're going to go back to Sean as well. So a bit of back and forth, let's say, on some storylines. Sean, for you, where's your head at here? What's what's one of the big things in your mind here for the Marlins uh, heading into spring here? I think the biggest one for me at the moment is that, that now ponderous question of, is this it? Is there, are there no moves to be made? Oh, boy. Um, the, the trades at this point seem unlikely because people are in camps, not necessarily impossible, but unlikely. Mm -hmm. There are still some free agents out there. There are some low-level, um, low-money free agents because, let's mm -hmm. face it, that's probably where, where the Marlins will be shopping. There are some high-level free agents comparatively out there, but I think we can kiss them goodbye already. Yeah. Um, and it is a case of, for me, is if this is it, then A, I will be a little bit disappointed, but B, I know what I'm working with. For the next six months, we are predominantly fans, me and UP. For the yeah. next six months, we are going to be watching this team and we're going to hopefully fall in love with it and it's hopefully going to overperform and, and we'll get ourselves excited at the, the appropriate times. But mm. if this is it, then I'd like to know. Like, yeah. I want to know what yeah. the team is, what we're working with. And, and hopefully, because I think there is the necessary need to make a few moves, there are a few moves this week. Um, but we've been saying that every week for the last four months and nothing's materialised. So I think at this point, I have stopped holding my breath because otherwise I'd be a rather uh, teal colour right now if I did. <laughs> Let me just segue you into, a, I guess, a topical conversation point across the game, actually, which maybe talks to this, where... There has been some discourse around creating transaction windows, let's say, for baseball. Obviously, there's a trade deadline that happens early August, I guess, now. It, like, it flexes in terms of the actual date, but there's a trade deadline. But the discourse right now is primarily because you've got some, some big names that are yet, that remain unsigned. And many people believe that's not great for the game, uh, however you want to phrase it. I never quite get that sentence, that language, like not great for the game. Like, what does that actually mean? I don't know. But anyway, I'm not, let's move on from that. But the, the point that's being raised here is, should there be a transaction window where clubs have to almost submit their rosters by, you know, from a free agent perspective, by a certain time? Like, by the time you get to spring camp, pitches and catches, like, is that it? Should you have it? To your point, you'd like to know what you're working with. So. I don't know if really that's achievable or something that anyone actually desires in the game, but I'm interested to get your take. Like, do you think that would be beneficial to the, I don't even want to say to the game, but to you as a fan, would that be beneficial? 
I think for me, obviously, I'm quite anti-change. Um, I think for <laughs> me, that's kind of that's kind of a bridge too far. I think yes, in a way, you could almost say start spring training, no more trades. You can't trade through spring training because you, you you're upsetting the routine and, and the rhythm of these guys, and and you're probably not going to benefit. But I think I, I think that is probably too far. I think one of the issues for me anyway with the free agent spending this year obviously Otani be damned, is the case of there's a lot of low-level, mid-level teams that have got some uncertainty with the TV right deals. There's there's yeah. a lot of issues with that over the next couple of years um, with Bally um, going under and uh, various teams having to find uh, different ways to to gain revenue. Mm, um, and I don't think that's going to, I don't think that's going to get fixed in any sizable way completely for the next couple of years. So, mm. I think that's probably one thing that's holding things up. And obviously, a lot of the higher level free agents left now are Scott Boris uh, clients. Mm. And he always is one of those guys that will wait and wait and wait and to get that big deal. Um, and sometimes yeah. that doesn't quite work out for the players. Um, so mm. that's probably, I'd say that a deadline probably isn't fixing the issues that we're currently having. I think there are different reasons for those Um holdups on the free agents i'm i'm completely in uh completely with you on that by the way like i don't i don't think a deadline specifically solves any of the issues um and really helps anyone to be honest with you so i heard people talking about it. it's primarily to your point like it's linked to you know these big name free agents uh scott boris dudes and everyone's kind of pointed to boris going well he's the devil He's the devil in this. Like, we need to put a deadline in there so Boris can stop messing with our game. But Boris is working for players. And, <laughs> you know, he's... He, he well, might be working for his commission too. Oh, correct, correct. His, his, his goal is to get the player the deal that they want at the highest possible value. And his, uh, his I guess, remuneration will align to that. So he has skin in the game which from a sales perspective often helps deliver outcomes that you're looking to achieve. So um, I can see that, but like, and then from a, from a, uh, an owner's perspective, like they want a deadline because, well, they want to try to squeeze these guys and make things happen quicker. And next thing is, Hey, the deadline passes. Like what would happen? Like right now, let's say Blake Snell hadn't signed. When can he sign next? Like when's the next window open? Is it next year? <laughs> I don't know. Um, Either way, I think it's a really interesting one. So from your perspective, just to go back to the point you made, which is like, is this it? Like, is this the roster we're working with and what's to come? If it was to be the roster, one to 10, how complete do you feel this roster is right now? See, that's the thing. That's the awkward thing of like, I look at this team and I think that it's got a fairly good chance of being competitive. Sort yeah. of 76 to... 78 win team with you know chance for more or less obviously with the random bounce of the ball but that's yeah. where my frustration lies that the team is at that point where they are close enough at 500 that mm. they could be competitive and it, it was just a little bit more they don't need to spend 30 40 50 million this year to to build a playoff team they just needed to spend a little bit and they didn't um and that's a frustrating thing i said at the end of last season that this is probably a, a retool, a re, not a rebuild year, but a retool year. They're not going to compete. But as you look at the team, you, you really can't help but feel that this team is close enough to make a go for it. You can't Definitely. just punt years to, to because Sandy's gone. 
but this team is still good enough. And this year is still part of that sandy window, even though he's not on the yep. field. It is still one of those years of this deal where at the end of that deal or before the end of that deal, because they trade him, that will be that will kickstart a brand new full rebuild. So punting on a year inside that window um, is, is inexcusable in my eyes. Um, but as I said, yeah, that's the awkward thing. This team is just good enough to get me excited, just good enough to win enough games to keep us in it. But ultimately, without a few more moves, probably mm. will be in for, for no for no reason. Yeah, I guess. So thinking about this storyline specifically, got and also the news that's kind of been lingering and knocking around the last couple of days. One of the storylines is and this links to my one so i'll kind of segue us into this after the ad but i'll just kind of call it out the marlins are talking to tim anderson at this point so we haven't spoken directly about this topic from your perspective like how are you feeling about tim anderson how are you feeling about that fit how are you feeling about him generally like it's clear the marlins are looking to give him a one-year deal like only a one-year commitment maybe some options or something into that but they're looking to minimize their future commitment here with tim anderson so at this point, how are you feeling about him as a fit um, if it was to be a one-year deal, let's say? Yeah, I mean, at, th- at this point, a one-year deal, probably sub $5 million. Um, Yeah. It, to me, Tim Anderson has had a very consistent career. He is what he is. You know, he's yeah. got 20 power, 20 speed. He hits for an unusually high average given his contact rates, um, mm. but seems to make it work. Had one down year. And if you look at some of the players that were with the White Sox last year, that's not in a vacuum. Quite a few people had a bad year. It yeah. was a bit of a toxic place. And I think, yeah, you're you're counting on a, a rebound. You're, pe- you're only paying for a rebound as well. I yep. think one year with an option as well, just in case you catch lightning in the bottle, mm. you have him for the 2025 season with Sandy back. All of a sudden, you've got a 2020-ish 280 shortstop on low money. It's mm. yeah, you're you're hoping on a rebound, but if you don't get that rebound, you've not really spent a lot of money to speculate on that. So at yeah. this point, he probably is the best option for the Marlins at shortstop. Mm. I think um, we might get into it, but a trade and seems unlikely at this point. We're absolutely going to be getting into that right after the ad because for me, the biggest storyline that I think exists right now, particularly on the offensive side of the ball, is shortstop. And how are the Marlins going to piece it together? So we'll talk about that straight off the ad. But before we do that, let you know about our good friends over at eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, love that one, (laughs) exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. And with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit only, available to U.S. customers. 
All right, guys, back here with me, Peter Pratt, and the UK GOAT, Sean Barrett, on Tuesday, the 20th of Feb, and we are projecting outwards our spring storylines. We are halfway through the pod, and we have only covered one storyline, so I'm going to call it right now. This topic will be covered across two episodes, because we simply don't have the time. I've labored the introduction. I've I've given Sean too many follow-up questions <laughs> around his first storyline. So it's going to be a double episode, a two-parter. And why shouldn't it be? Why not? Why not? So we've talked about the roster as currently constructed. Sean asked the question, is this it? Is this what I'm working with? I think that's to be determined. Uh, I'm interested to see how things go in the next couple of days, to be honest. The main storyline that I think will ripple, currently could ripple through this spring and actually may be like nipped in the bud, depending on maybe the topic we just spoke about is like if the Marlins signed Tim Anderson, then that probably puts this to bed. But the question that I have is who and how often is going to be playing at shortstop for the Marlins in 2024? Because they have a lot of options, a lot of internal options. And frankly, Let's assume at this point that they don't sign Tim Anderson. For whatever reason, he's stubborn and says, I want two years guaranteed, and the Marlins say no. Absolutely is the right call, by the way. But let's assume Tim Anderson doesn't land. The Marlins have got so many different ways they can go about it. And that's for me, is going to be so intriguing because you've got a guy like Vidal Bruhan that has zero minor league options. So that's, you know, he's on the bubble. We saw the same last year. With Jesus Sanchez, he was on the roster bubble. And in reality, he stepped up and delivered, to be honest with Jesus. So Vidal Bruhan, for me, is a really intriguing one. Skip Schumacher continues to talk about John Birdie and his role. John Birdie not at camp yet. Um, his wife just gave birth, I believe, or is just about to. So um, he's not um, yet with the, with the team. But John Birdie has basically been mooted as the, you know, the starting shortstop, let's say. We know what his role is best served as, and it's a super util guy. You've got Xavier Edwards talking about things in the offseason to say, listen, I was struggling with my arm a little bit last season. Uh, you know, it's something I'm working on. I'm expecting to come in healthy. Can Xavier Edwards step up and win this role? Jacob Amaya's sitting there thinking, well, I, they traded for me to be the starting shortstop. Should I not be the starting shortstop? They've also added a Peter Bendix special in Tristan Gray, who... Peter Bendix has reached out to directly and managed to convince to join the Marlins after having, you know, 30 home run power at the shortstop position. That is extremely enticing. Sean, there is a lot going on at shortstop. Frankly, the Marlins have got 19 second basemen and zero shortstops. That is at the root of this problem. They don't have a shortstop, fundamentally. Jacob Amaya, I think, is probably the best offensive shortstop. Um... But where's your head at with, with, with this shortstop situation, mate? For me, it is the main riddle that the Marlins have been trying to solve. They've obviously been trying to do some stuff via trade. That hasn't quite worked, too. Again, it goes back to your point. Is this the roster? If it is, then, you know, how's this going to play out? Like, let's again assume Tim Anderson doesn't sign. Like, is this going to be down to who performs in spring and shows it? Like, are people literally just going to be trying to win jobs like Jazz and Isan a few years back? Is that what we're expecting? What I find funny is you named an encyclopedia of players, and and still there are more uh, with Nick Gordon as well on the on the uh, spring training. Yeah, so forgot about Nick yeah, Gordon. Yeah, for me, um, 
John Bertie is obviously one A, if, if you can quite put it that way, mm-hmm. in this now. He's going to get, if healthy, 400, 450 at bats, similar to what he's done the last couple of years. Yeah. And um, at this point, yes, we all like him as that super util guy, but he always falls into 400 plus at bats. So can you yeah. really call that super util, or is that just a player that is in your rotation, your depth rotation? Mm. Yeah, Buhan is probably going to get a spot on the roster. I think it's very much a case of his job to lose, um, which says to me that he probably will be on the roster, although that was, as you said, with the the Jazz and Isan Diaz situation. It was Isan Diaz's job to lose, and he certainly lost it. He definitely Um, did. And I think Amaya would be the next guy up. I think he is probably Mm. the more uh, accustomed to being the shortstop, and and I would choose that over Edwards personally. I haven't mm. seen Gordon enough to, to make a determination. But yeah, ultimately this is this is a huge question of the spring because we just don't know, do we? we no. It is gonna be no. a case of the spring will decide. And so for me, yeah, that is the one that I'm gonna be keeping my eyes on. I think what's really intriguing about this too is the way that the general inf- infield is made up to. If you consider I mean, say what you want about first base defense, but you know, Josh Bell's over there at first base and he's fine. Clearly not elite, let's say. Luis Arias is at second base. Um, definitely not elite by any stretch. The eyes say he's better than the stats say, but the stats say he's a below average second baseman. But I can't really remember him struggling there. But nevertheless, you've got Jake Berger at third base. And again, the eyes to me said he was fine. But the numbers say that he he, he isn't. So for a team that when I think of the mantra of the Marlins was pitch, pitching and defense, pitching and defense, baby. And so much more is being placed on the infield guys because of the, you know, the rule changes, the pitchers are having to work faster. There's less shifts. Like all of a sudden the Marlins look like they've got a, a seriously below average defense here. And so I do wonder just how much the shortstop defensive ability plays into this. Like, is that really going to help maybe a Jacob Amaya? Could he ascend out of nowhere here? Not out of nowhere, but do you know what I mean? Like, they just think, listen, the numbers say we need a shortstop, a, a stud defensive shortstop. Like, you know, this is a different organization now, and they're going to be looking at things differently than they ever have done before. And Wendell was okay and actually performed above average, I would say, um, to be fair. His stick wasn't. but And so from a Marlins perspective... They were able to make the postseason, even though they had one of the most putrid sticks ever at shortstop. But the defense was fine. And so is that going to be the determining factor here? And actually, is is Jacob Amaya maybe the leading candidate here who is the one true shortstop in this organization at this point? I don't know what Tristan Gray's like, and I don't know what Nick Gordon's like, which to me is why this storyline is so intriguing. Like, I know what we get with Birdie, but... Birdie's not going to be there every day at shortstop. He just isn't. Like his role is 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 a different role to this. So I'm looking at this thinking, can Jacob Amaya just take this opportunity? Or is Tristan Gray any good? Or is Nick Gordon? Or does Jazz Chisholm move back into the infield and we give Jazz a role at shortstop? I don't know. Sean, so many different ways to go. Let's assume no more moves. Who... Who has the most starts? I'm not going to say who's on the opening day shortstop because, you know, I think that could be birdie. It's possible it could because it kind of de-risks, de-risks it a touch. 
But current roster, no changes. Marlins are relatively competitive all season. Who has the most starts at shortstop, in your opinion? I think it is Bertie. I think that's just the, the logical uh, situation. With, with Bruhan taking, presumably, the, the opening day spot over Amaya, I think Amaya, I think elite shortstop glove is probably a bridge too far. He oh, is uh-oh. an shortstop rather than a guy playing at shortstop. So um, he's fine there. He's good. He, he's, he's a major league shortstop defensively. Um, the stick will be dependent. I mean, obviously, if he has an absolutely insane spring and follows it into the new year, then Bertie might transition into that um, super util spot. But mm-hmm. again, the Marlins have many super util guys at the moment, which speaks yep. to the, the off-season, I think. Um, but ultimately, Bertie is, it has that opening track. You know, he's got that track record. We know he's got the speed. Actually, it's not getting any younger, but I think he's still got a few more years of, of that speed because he is so elite. Um, so for me, yeah, he probably ends the season with the most games started at shortstop. Okay, good shout. I'm, I don't know how it's going to go, to be honest with you. I'm, I'm closely watching and who's taking reps in games. I'm going to be closely watching this situation. I'm all in on Bruhan, all in on the speed for certain and I feel like they've traded for him to be on the roster. So I think he's making it. It's just like, to what, what's, what's his role going to be? Is it a bench guy? But, you know, bench means, and, you know, Skip spoke about this today. Man, I'm going off on a few topics. We've run out of storylines. We've only got two storylines out of a full episode. <laughs> so we're going to have to cover four storylines in the next episode. So stay tuned for that one, guys. We'll, we'll move at a faster pace. But Skip today spoke about the DH spot. And what he was talking about was the fact that he's looking to use it, basically how Donnie phrased it, of like basically a way to cycle dudes around to get them off their feet. So the Marlins, they don't have an obvious DH, maybe in some ways on the roster. Skip's making noises like they're going to cycle dudes around, and that's what they're going to do. And so uh, I'm not convinced of that that situation. I did put it out on Twitter to say like, do any of the good teams actually do that? I'm I'm not certain. Like when I think of the Braves, I always look at the Braves. What do they do? They don't change their lineup any days. To be honest, they just plumb the same dudes out there. Their best eleven is out there. I know it isn't eleven, but you know what I'm saying. Um, so I don't know how this is going to play out, mate. I think it's a really interesting situation. What's your take on that DH uh, query, by the way? Just using it as basically a, a way to rest a everyday player but keep the stick in the lineup i understand it in one way i understand it if i look back at what the dh in the 90s was back when it was just the al and you had these big power hitting old teams you'd have six or seven guys who could hit 30 home runs and they were in their late mid to late 30s and they needed a day off their feet yeah. I don't see many bats in the Marlins depth chart at the moment that deserve to stay in the lineup because of their sticks so powerful <laughs> that they need to be in the lineup. Um, <laughs> but for me, the Marlins could add two, maybe even three major league bats, and that would still be the case. So yeah. it's a, a bit of a, a, I think it's a bit of a cop out, isn't it? We haven't Felt got like it. DH, so we'll just cycle, we'll say we have to cycle these guys around. Yeah. Marlins aren't an old team by any stretch no. of the imagination. If you need to get them off their feet, use the bench. That's what it's there for. Not the DH spot. It's supposed to be a primary power production and run scoring um, position. Not as a 
as a glorified bench. Come on. I mean, it was fine in, in Don Manningley's days because, I mean, you know, the roster maybe wasn't quite as good and the Marlins weren't supposed to be as competitive. But I don't know. I mean, Skip's kind of, he's got to answer the question. He's answering the question. I, I'm not sure he truly believes that that's what he wants, to be honest. The interesting part, though, was the fact that he said he didn't, you know, lean into one of the guys. And I think one of the guys that he could have lent into was, well, are you, are you, you know, are you forgetting Avicel Garcia's on this run? You know what I mean? He could have, like, lent into Avi at that point to give him a little of a boost and, you know, tip the cap maybe to what Avi's role could be. But, you know, lo and behold, uh, that, that wasn't happened. And to be honest with you, the guy who should be DHing, if you think of the outfield mix, is Brian Bella Cruz. Like, if you want a guy off his feet and not in the outfield... Brian De La Cruz should be DHing, to be honest with you, because he not good in that outfield spot, not good on the base. I know he said he's been working on it, but you know, I'd prefer Avi there in left field, to be honest with you, over um over Brian De La Cruz, to be honest. Like Avi normally is fine in the corners. So anyway, we've come to the 30 minutes mark, and I haven't even done the second ad. So I need to do the second ad because I've completely botched this timing. So apologies for that. But it is a two-parter. And this episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Get your buckets. Get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel. America's number one sports. Even botch the ad. Because <laughs> right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets. With any winning $5 bet, that's $150 bucks if your bet wins. Bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live same-game parlays, exclusive props, and more. Just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and shoot your shot. Fangio, official sportsbook partner of the NBA. Guys, are going to wrap it up there. We've hit the 30-minute mark. Uh, my timings are everywhere. My head is everywhere. I don't know what's going on, but I'm spinning. My head's spinning. Sean Barrett is going to be back for the second part of this because we've got more storylines than just a single one. <laughs> and I promise to do less talking on the next episode. Guys, thanks for making Lockdown Islands your first listen. We're back tomorrow. We're going to put forward four more. Yes, four more within 30 minutes. Spring storylines to look out for from the Marlins. We look forward to seeing you then.